the 49ers fall to 6-6 on the season after another wild 49ers Seahawks classic in week 13 as the Niners fell 30-23. On this episode of the 49er Way podcast, we will recap the Niners-Seahawks matchup and look ahead to the Niners matchup against the Bengals in week 14. We will discuss those matchups, look ahead, talk about the injury report, playoff standings, and much more. So keep it locked and stay tuned. We got a lot of Niners talk coming your way. And don't forget to give the 49 away a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis. Time and time again, the 49ers try and defeat Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. And for some reason, they still can't crack the code as the Niners fell to 6-6 six and six over this past weekend as they went up to Seattle, had some good things going their way and some bad things. But in the end, the Niners once again fell short to the Seahawks. Even though they were 3-8 and eight this season, there's a reason why I said to not look past the Seahawks. But that is that. The Niners are now 6-6. Six and six. Still a lot to play for. They're still in a playoff standing as it is. They're the seventh seed in the NFC. So a lot to digest and get into on this episode of the 49 Away Podcast Faithful. I'm Jay Sahoda along with Zach Chevy. We were not here last week, so a lot of stuff to get into this week. Chevy, what's going on? It was a wild roller coaster game on Sunday. Yeah, man, it was a wild game on Sunday. The last two weeks has been, you know, a bit of ups and downs. I think the Vikings game was great and really good for morale, you know, getting on that three-game win streak. I think the Seahawks game, we started off really great. Uh, We had to deal with a lot of injuries, some bad penalties, and the offense being stale in the second half. But I I think there's some good things about uh, the last two weeks, and there's some bad things about the last two weeks. Yeah, I mean, when we get into this game against Seattle, I really don't, think there were a ton of of bad things they were easily fixable mistakes and I think that's why this game was so frustrating in itself Mm -hmm. because the mistakes that were made were they were dumb mistakes and a lot of that emphasis comes on Jimmy Garoppolo which we'll get into in a little bit because I know for me I thought the Niners were fine overall moving the ball but when it comes down to keeping the ball and not turning it over Garoppolo failed in that category over this weekend, turning the ball over twice and then taking that ridiculous safety in the first half. And of course, the Niners had a hard time kind of establishing the run game, even without Debo Samuel. Elijah Mitchell was decent, but was in and out. Jeff Wilson got a little dinged up, so the run game wasn't as good. George Kittle was phenomenal in this game. Nine catches, 181 yards, two touchdowns. But once again, the Niners just can't solve Seattle. I don't know what it is about the Seahawks team. I knew I woke up Sunday morning and I was like, there's something that just does not sit right with me. I know we've won three and oh, but I'm like, it's, this is Seattle. I don't care if they're three and eight, man. Like they, they always find a way to beat us and they did it again. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of the game last year against the Rams. You know, our team was injured out of it. We weren't really winning, but for some reason we just win against the Rams. We beat the Rams the same thing with Russell Wilson I knew Russell Wilson was not playing the way Russell is and if there was one team that would get him back in that mojo and that momentum it would be the Niners and sure enough Russell Wilson and the entire Seattle team came back to play against us and, and I was worried about them for a reason I, I I think you know Seattle has a decent team as we've always seen their running game is kind of weak but I mean they, they're missing Chris Carson their O-line's not great their receiving game is pretty good. Uh, Russell Wilson does a great job of spreading the ball around, and he did that again uh, 
uh, on Sunday. And you know what? Their defense isn't as terrible as everyone makes it out to be. It's not great. Uh, they lost Jamal Adams for the rest of the season, which is a big blow. Not help their chances of trying to compete, although I'm pretty sure they're pretty much out of it at four and eight. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think I was nervous going into this game and, and for a good reason. Yeah, absolutely. And they, you know, the Seahawks always come out swinging, doesn't matter what their record is. And Russell Wilson, 17 and four against the Niners all time. Like there's just, there's no way around it. And the way that I look at this one is again, like I said a few minutes ago, I feel like the Niners really just handed a dub on a silver platter to Seattle is the way mm-hmm. that I looked at it. I don't care whatever the, but like the, the Seahawks would have never got that go ahead touchdown if Jimmy Garoppolo didn't throw that interception. Right. We still would have been up too if Garoppolo had just thrown it away and not taken that safety. Like these little things that we didn't do and including missing some open guys as well. Seattle, obviously they're gonna they're gonna take advantage. And Seattle's one of those teams where they're three and eight or now four and eight. But if you let them in, they're not just gonna sit there and do nothing with it. You know what I'm saying? They're a team where it's like, no, you need to keep keep on pounding it and not let them back in this game. That's that's yeah. all what the Niners needed to do, and they just didn't do. They just couldn't finish. Yeah, you're right. You know, but but there's also some things that the Niners didn't do well. You know, the turnovers on offense, as you mentioned, Jimmy G didn't have the greatest of games. The two picks were important picks, and that safety, you got to get rid of that ball. Everyone knows you got to get rid of that ball if you don't have the play right then and there, and it's kind of inexcusable at him. But I think one thing that really hurt was the defensive penalties. Two roughing the passer calls in a row, which led to a touchdown for them. Like, you got to be more disciplined than that. So some of the other penalties were, were just ridiculous. But on defense, we did play quite well despite the penalties. I got to give a shout out to the boy, Aziz Alshir. You know, look at him. You know, Fred Warner's out. You're not sure how the linebackers are going to react. He finished with 16 tackles, 11 solo tackles, had half a sack. He even had a, the forced fumble in the end when the, the Seattle was in the red zone on the goal line, basically. And, and he played phenomenally, so I got to give him a shout-out. I mean, Aziz Alshire deserves more than just a shout-out. <laughs> Guys, I've been saying for the last few weeks, vote Debo Sam to the Pro Bowl. Please feel free to vote number 51 to the Pro Bowl as well. Aziz Alshire has been phenomenal. Not just good, not just great. He has been outstanding this year, and it's, I don't think... I'm the we're the only ones. There has to be a handful of Niner fans that would say, who's the most improved player this year for on the Niners? It has to be Aziz Alshire. He's been amazing. And it's amazing how we've seen we've seen Fred Warner blossom. We've seen Dre Greenlaw kind of blossom. Now we see Aziz, but it's it's nice to see right now, but it's worrisome because it's like if all three keep balling like this, we're not gonna be able to keep all three of them. So that's the the only thing there. But that's a, a next year and year after that problem. But all three of them have been playing lights out. And when Fred was down, Dre was down, Aziz stepped up and was fantastic in this game. But you highlighted the penalties. That was another huge problem in this game. Ten penalties for 86 yards. Like that can't happen either. Like the penalties were really bad on both sides of the ball. The Niners have to find a way to clean that up as well. And again, I know I praised Tom Compton the last two weeks, but he struggled in this game. And that was a yep. problem. And I think the Niners are aware that we are really banged up a corner right now and we're really banged up a right tackle. Those are two issues that 
we're not going to go very far in the postseason if we can't get those two fixed. And I know, obviously, we're not thinking long-term anymore. We're heading into week 14. You got to find a quick fix, but I just don't know what that quick fix is really at this moment. I A couple things that need to fix. I think the run game needs fixing. You know, now a lot of injured. You're dealing with all of these injuries, especially in the run game, and it's really not helpful. We're dealing with the injuries on the O-line, and that's really hurting the run game as well. Elijah Mitchell's been great for most of the year. Against Seattle, he only averaged three yards per carry on 22 carries. We used him as a workhorse back, and he couldn't get the job done. And, and as much as I love Elijah Mitchell and what he's done this year, we need that consistently out of the backfield if we are going to win. That is how we took our that, – that is how we – succeeded so much in 2019 because we used the backfield and we used the run game to establish the pa- to establish the passing and get the passing game going george kittle being a and with Debo out someone had to step up and i thought maybe elijah mitchell would step up and, and like he did the week before but uh you know george kittle stepped up uh on, on the receiving end and he really made a big difference that second touchdown that George Kittle had where he was tight tight rope lining the the out of bounds the sidelines, and, yeah. yeah the sidelines and I couldn't believe that uh he didn't step out there it was just it was ridiculous man he's crazy yeah I mean we weren't we did not record last week but I definitely know going into this game I knew Debo was not playing and I yep. knew that on offense we needed a jolt then I highlighted George Kittle I've been saying that all last week. I said, this needs to be the George Kittle game. And he came through. He did exactly what he needed to do. Garoppolo found him. Kittle was fantastic. Exactly what you need to do. Next man up mentality. We know Debo's been that number one guy. George came in and played fantastic. And even when the run game was decent, but it wasn't ideal like it has been the previous three weeks. But obviously, we know Eli Mitchell's dinged up. Jeff Wilson's dinged up. Everyone's kind of hurt. And that's, that's a big problem. Obviously, we don't even know who's going to be the running back this weekend. Mitchell is a maybe. He's in concussion protocol. Not good there. The poor guy. I mean, he's dealt with everything this season, and yet he just keeps balling every time he's out on the field. Jeff Wilson, I know he wasn't healthy coming in to the season. He's coming off that that meniscus injury, but we'll see how much we can get out of him. As of right now, the only healthy back is Jermichael Hasty. Um, I know I think we did sign Brian Hill to the practice squad just today, so I don't know. I really hope Elijah Mitchell is healthy, or if not, Debo Samuel's healthy. But the thing is, both of them are banged up. And if one of them is active, that means we're probably going to lean a lot more on that one. So I don't know how Shanahan's going to balance this, but all I got to say is you got to take it easy on both. <laughs> like, I don't know who's going to be active. It's going to be Debo, Eli, both, neither. But if one of those guys is active, Shanahan has to try and tailor the game plan to not work either of those two guys too hard because. Both of them are banged up, and we need them down the stretch. Yeah, as you were saying, if one of, if one or both are active, hopefully they can be used and not get injured because we do need those down the stretch. I would rather them not play next week if they're not 100% and wait another week, although every week really matters, especially you know sitting, sitting in the seventh seed in the NFC. I, I, I think you use Jermichael Hasey. As you said, he's the only healthy running back available. I liked uh, what Jermichael Hasey brought dealing with a lot of injuries and he was I think he has a lot of speed and something that uh, Shanahan looks for in his running backs and I think he could get a nice opportunity on Sunday against the Bengals who don't have the best run defense 
So uh, I, I would look for him to be the starting back if everyone else is injured and unable to play. Uh, if not, I would like to see Elijah Mitchell, obviously, because he's done so much for us this year. But I, I think Hasty isn't a terrible option to have back there. I, I think we have a lot of depth at the running back position, even though we've had a lot of injuries for the last couple of seasons at that position. Oh, absolutely. Elijah Mitchell is is awesome. And I didn't get the opportunity to come on here last week and say how amazed I was from the Vikings game. Um, last week, it was a bit of a day, but that Vikings game specifically, Elijah Mitchell was awesome. He was so good. Like, I was so impressed with how he was able to run the ball, find holes, make the cuts, blocking, every everything that you ask someone in Kyle Shanahan's system, Elijah Mitchell did it all, and it was very evident. And I, I just I need to get that out of the way because I didn't get the chance last week to, to kind of praise him because Mitchell's been fantastic. As much as we talked about Aziz Alshire having a breakout year on defense, Elijah Mitchell has ha- is has having an unbelievable year on offense. We just got to find a way to stay healthy in that regard. But Jermichael Hasty, I do believe in him, but we haven't seen it from him, right? If you know what I'm saying. So that's yeah. my only worry in that situation. Having said that, do I believe in the system? Absolutely. But Jermichael Hasty hasn't really been given that opportunity. He might be given that opportunity on Sunday. I mean, you look back at last year, Mostert was healthier more than he obviously was this year. He lasted one game. But when Mostert went down, Jeff Wilson was our next man up. And you bet Jeff Wilson took advantage of those reps, right? This year, we're not seeing it because he's not healthy. But last year, Jeff Wilson was taking advantage of that, and he was the one breaking out and going for 100-yard games. That could be Jermichael Hasty this time around, right? Mostert goes down. Mitchell's now having the breakout year. Now Mitchell's banged up. Let's see if Jermichael Hasty can do something. But obviously, we hope Elijah Mitchell is ready to go. But even if he is ready to go, Shanahan shouldn't feel shy to mix and match, you know, put in Jermichael Hasty in there a little bit more, right? Give Eli Mitchell a little bit of a break because, like I mentioned, we need him healthy down the stretch. So it'll be interesting to see what the Niners' game plan is because I'm so curious, and and we'll talk about this in a little bit when we look ahead to the Bengals game. I'm so curious to see how this game is going to play out because the Bengals are such a strange, strange team. One week, they look amazing, and they're blowing the absolute daylights out of their opponent. And then you got the next week, where they look complete garbage, and they're getting blown out by their opponent. Last week, they got blown up by the Chargers, so I'm kind of worried of what version of the Bengals we're going to get this week. But all I got to say is, we got to be ready on both sides of the ball because the Bengals, they're a good team. Yeah, I I was looking at the Bengals. I've been watching a lot of Bengals games this year. You know, I think the Bengals have a really good up-and-coming team. They do. They're a fun team. Yeah, they're a really fun team. Their defense this year is much improved from last year. I think they have a really nice pass rush. Trey Hendrickson's uh, one of the top defensive players this year, and he's uh, on their D-line. I think they upgraded their secondary. So I I think we need... You know, running our, our offensive game, we got to continue the run game. Their run game is, I think, one of, it's, it's in the lower half of the league. So if we can continue to utilize the run game and build off the run game, that will really help against their defense. And I think that's a strategy that a lot of teams have been using. You know, the Chargers, they also have Justin Herbert and Mike Williams, so they were slinging the ball as well. But I, I think we continue with the run game. That will really help against the Bengals. And when you look at their offense, there's been a couple things this year that I've noticed that – uh, when you lock up Jamar Chase and you force Burrow to go to his other options, 
Burrow is not as comfortable going to his other options. Jamar Chase at the beginning of this year was having a star year, breaking out, and he still is breaking out. He looks like one of the top wide receivers in the league for years to come. He looks fantastic. But with that, you also have to come with double covering him. And he doesn't really know how to get out of double coverage right now. And because of that, Burrow now has to find his second option on potential routes. And it really hurts their offensive game. Uh, so if we can lock down Jamar Chase, I think that's a big, big uh, need for us next week. And the next thing is, I, I don't know if he's going to be healthy because he's been on and off health for years. And, you know, this year he, he just got banged up. But Joe Mixon. And it's a big part of the Bengals offense. He's, he's been a big part every year when he is healthy. And for some reason this year, he hasn't been injured. So Joe Joe Mixon is someone we definitely have to worry about. And our run defense isn't phenomenal. So that is something that we definitely have to keep our eye on. Joe Mixon's having a hell of a year. Oh, yeah. And and knock on wood, I mean, the fact that you actually said that Joe Mixon actually did get dinged up in that game on Sunday mm-hmm. against the Chargers. So... Um, I'm not really sure. I haven't really seen the Bengals injury report or anything. I might have to bring that up just now. But if Joe Mixon's healthy and he's playing, for God's sakes, even if he's not healthy and he's active and he's, and he's there, he is a problem. Joe Mixon's having an excellent year and putting up some great numbers. He's definitely something to worry about. But to the Jamar Chase point, my question is, who the hell are we relying on to lock him up? <laughs> That's, that is my problem. I get that. If yep. Emmanuel Mosley was healthy, which he's not, Emmanuel Mosley is going to miss the next few games with a high ankle sprain, which is so tough because Mosley's having a low-key great year as well. No one's really talking about Emmanuel Mosley. Everyone's like, oh, our secondary sucks. That's more on the Josh Norman side, right? Or, or where it used to be Drake Kirkpatrick, like that side of the field, right? Let's just say mm-hmm. it's the Jason Verrett side, right? Because obviously he's not there. It's yep. that side of the field that's been struggling mightily this year. Mosley, on the other end, has been doing a marvelous job. I saw a stat uh, earlier in the week saying, like, he, you know, he's been shutting down guys, like, all year. I There was a certain stat, and I cannot remember what it is, so I don't want to mess that up. But to say the least, Mosley's been fantastic this year. To lose him sucks because losing Red already stung. But to lose Mosley this late in the year, too, it's like, damn. The, the good news is... It's not like he's gone for the year. They just said he's out a few weeks. So I would probably give it a month, right? Obviously, with the extra game this year, that means he should be back around week 17 if everything goes to plan. I can't see him being back week 16 because that's a short week against Tennessee. So I would assume the week after that against Houston might be the week Emmanuel Mosley comes back and knock on wood. So the good news is it's not like he's gone for good, right? He's only missed a few games. But either way, that's a... Oh, man, when I saw that, that hurt oh, yeah. me because that's when I was like, I thought about that exactly to your point with Jamar Chase. And I'm like, oh, great. We played the Bengals this week. I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. Like, I don't know who we're going to have because now we have Josh Norman and I don't know who's going to play on the other side. You mean Lenore, yeah. Dante Johnson. But to exactly. say the least, I don't really trust either of those guys. So it's like, crap. Now, what do we do? We're going to have to rely heavily on somebody because the Bengals don't just have Jamar Chase. T. Higgins went off on Sunday. Tyler Boyd's pretty good. CJ Uzama's had a breakout year. The Bengals are talented all over the place. So I don't know. D'Amico Brown's going to have his handful, and hopefully we will have number 54 back on the field, which is a definitely big to have Fred Warner back out there. Yeah. Speaking of injuries in the secondary, Jaquaski Tart also went down with yeah, good point. Sunday's game, and I don't think he came back. And, you know, he's, he's all injured. We, we, we're, we're not used like he. 
and Hufunga is probably going to playing a lot of safety this year when Tart has been down or Ward has been down. Uh, so hopefully he'll be able to step in and fill the role that Tart's there. But to your point about corners, yeah, Emmanuel Mosley was our number one cornerback, and he was playing kind of like a number one cornerback. He was playing so well that, you know, everyone tried to abuse the other side, which was either Norman or Kirkpatrick. I think, you know, for replacement, you're going to see a mix of Lenore and Dante Johnson. Uh, Dante Johnson isn't really impressing me. There was uh, one play on Sunday. I think Juan Williams was making a tackle on third down, which would have made it a fourth and two. And Dante Johnson ran. You can't do that. You can't do that on a regular play. You can't do that, especially on third down. So it's just stuff like that. He he just annoys me, but we really don't have many other options. So I don't know what they're going to do in the secondary, but you just got to hope that uh, – you know, were so destructive up front, which is something I want to bring up. You know, in that Seahawks game, we were so destructive up front as a defensive line. DJ Jones was killing it, especially at the beginning. I'm pretty sure he had that forced fumble uh, on that first, first Seahawks drive, I believe, that uh, Tart picked up. He, he had a, a couple pressures in the backfield. He had two tackles for loss. There, there, we had four sacks in total that game. It, it was just... Our, our defensive line went to eat. And if our line can continue and go and eat, you know, the one thing about the Bengals, their offensive line isn't terrific. You know, they the big debate at the draft was, do they go Panay Sewell or do they go Jamar Chase? They chose Jamar Chase, and it's been great for them. Jamar Chase has looked brilliant, but their offensive line is not amazing. And, and you know, I, I think it actually would have helped them more to get Panay Sewell, but they made a decision and it, looked, it worked out. Hopefully our D-line can eat and help our secondary out a bit. Yeah, it's a good point because I, I did bring up uh, the Bengals injury report as well. And to your point on their offensive line, they were missing two offensive linemen last week. So they're listed as day-to-day going into Sunday. So they both might be back, one might be back, or they both might be out. Um, so they're banged up. So that's a plus. And to your point, I do also just want to say this, just as a unit, as a whole on Sunday, like kudos to our defense. That was a heck of a performance considering all the guys that we were down. I know you look at the stat sheet and see 30 points and you're like, ouch. If you watch that game, they were clutch as hell. And that's what I that's what I, I go all the way back to the offseason. And I said this when we were previewing around late August. And I said this. I said, there's going to be certain games this year where we don't need to be the 2019 version of our defense where we're just shutting them down and sack after sack. And we're, you know, we're giving up like eight points a game. But we need to have games where we just become clutch right? Closeout games. Yep. They gave us a shot. Eve, that was so freaking clutch, man. That game was over. The fact that we even had a chance to go down the field in that game, I give so much credit. I got to give another shout out here. DJ Jones. DJ's having a heck of a year. This guy's out there, you know, balling in that D line. You know, we didn't know. Obviously, the loss of Javon Kinlaw was a big one. DJ Jones is stepping up huge. This season, I got to shout him out as well. So absolutely, I totally agree with you with the D-line. They're going to need to get to Joe Burrow, who obviously is not 100% healthy either. He's dealing with a finger injury. So we got to get to him. Get to, right? You got to get to Burrow, beat him up, beat him up a little bit, rough him up, and see what we can do. Just hit him, get on the ground. No, you know, unnecessary roughness penalties there. Um, But let's try to go to work there. The Niners struggled on third downs in the Seattle game. They were three for 10. Um, that's kind of the only other thing there um, in this game. But I mentioned Kittle went off 181 yards. Fantastic. And we shout out everybody else. 
um, in that game. And we've already kind of looked ahead to Cincy. But I do kind of want to look at, before we look at playoff standings and all that stuff, Jimmy Garoppolo, right? And I mentioned him at the top of the uh, at the top of the episode, and I said I wanted to get into him, and that's because Jimmy, in my opinion, was a big reason as to why we lost this game. Because, like I mentioned, if you don't turn that ball, especially the second interception, the one to Bobby mm-hmm. Wagner, all right, whatever, first half, get your stupid pick out of the way, and let's move on. But that second pick to Quandre Diggs was just so annoying because it's like, damn it, Jimmy! Like if you don't turn that ball over, and we go on a run here. You know, the Seahawks offense wasn't doing much. Like I mentioned, I feel like we did. We handed the game to them. We're like, here you go, Seattle. You want good field position? Here you go. <laughs> like, it's yours. Like, it's, it didn't, I didn't feel like the Niners were like, we want this. I didn't really see the urgency in this one. Yeah, totally. You know, I think the entire defensive half or the second half was a defensive half for both teams. And, and I think a big part of it was Jimmy's fault. You know, I, I love Jimmy. I, I think he's a winner and he helps this team win and he's probably the best choice for quarterback, but he's got to make some better decisions than that, especially on the second into, as you said, two digs. It was just, there were so many better options and, and he just could have thrown the ball away. Like he he's not reading the play well all the time. And it's concerning considering, you, you know, you're trying to be a playoff team and you're trying to win and your defense is putting you in these places. You know, we only allowed nine points in the second half to their zero points, you know, it, it, at some point you got to score and, and it has to be on you to either tie the game up or, or at least make it competitive. And, you know, we, we brought it down to the field, but on, on that third and fourth down in that, in the red zone, you know, those are, that, but you got to read that uh, Carlos Dunlap's there and you got to switch up the angle on the ball. You can't do the same angle every time. As we've seen, a lot of quarterbacks are switching up the angles that they're throwing the ball to make sure that there is no deflections from the defensive line or that, uh, you know, it's harder to read for uh, defensive backs. So, so there's a lot of things I think Jimmy needs to do to kind of elevate his game. And I don't even know if Jimmy can elevate his game necessarily to that level. He just needs to, you know, breathe in, take it take it step by step and, and you know think a bit smarter because some of this decision making the last couple of weeks it's just it's been questionable yeah absolutely and then that's been a problem for the past few years with jimmy is mm-hmm. is that's it it's just it's his decision making we know what jimmy's capable of and again i do want to reiterate this because it kind of gets lost in the mix of this we were on our own one yard line yep. jimmy drove us down the field like it was nothing I do want to just put that out there because everyone else was, you know, talk about because I knew it. The minute that Garoppolo threw that Quandre Diggs interception, the first thing that came to my mind, I'm like, I'm not even going to go to Twitter because all I'm going to see is Trey Lance, put Trey Lance in. Oh, Garoppolo, I told you this guy sucks and blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, I get it. It was a really dumb decision, but enough with the whole Lance of it. It's just, it's really irritating at this point. But that's the first thing I thought of. But Garoppolo's just got to take care of the ball. It's that simple. Shanahan, I honestly think Shanahan knows Garoppolo's limits. But the one thing, Shanahan knows if Garoppolo plays a clean game, does his job, and doesn't turn the ball over, or at least doesn't turn the ball over in clutch time, right? If he turns the ball over like the Bobby Wagner one in the first half, all right, whatever, move on. But if you throw one in the second half when it's like a bit of a momentum thing in your own territory too, that's when people are going to get upset. And I know that's what Shanahan dislikes a lot because he did it in the Minnesota game and he did it again in this one this game upcoming against the Bengals 
this has got to be a really big game for Jimmy Garoppolo. It's, it has to be. He knows himself that he screwed up in this game against Seattle. And if he didn't, we probably come out with a win. Jimmy Garoppolo can do it. We know he can do it. He's capable of doing it. Like I just mentioned, he drove us down the field from our own one-yard line like it was nothing all the way to the Seattle 10-yard line. Jimmy can do it. Just got to take care of the ball and be smarter. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, I think Jimmy's going to to this Bengals game as a big opportunity. Like I said, the last three weeks has been a big three-game stretch for and I would love to go two and one out of this three game stretch. You know, I did say the Seahawks would probably be a problem just because the Seahawks are have always given the Niners a problem. But the Vikings, Seahawks, Bengals, those are three straight weeks of competitive games. And you know what? I can't even say the Falcons game won't be competitive because they're also, you know, fighting for a playoff spot. They, they looked good last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers even though they don't have the same firepower, especially on defense, their offense looks like a well-oiled machine with Arthur Smith and Cordero Patterson. So, you know, it's getting down to the stretch and we really need to play every game like it's a playoff game. And, you know, the good thing is a lot of our our roster has that experience from 2019. So we are down in the stretch and this is where we have to get down in the trenches and we've got to be better. And, you know, I, I mean, I hope we can see Maybe it's this game against the Bengals where Jimmy. George Kittle and him are uh, going crazy. Maybe Debo's back and he's contributing as well. But you have one of those high scoring offensive games where maybe the offense has to carry the defense a little bit just to get Jimmy going, just to get the offense going and to get it back on track. That is what I'm looking for out of Jimmy, whether it's next week, the week after. He needs one of those games right now. He does. He re- That's what I'm trying to say. Like, he needs this game to, you know, just kind of just, just put the team on his back, man. Win us a game. He had the opportunity last week. He did it against Green Bay, right? We, the problem is we just left too many seconds on the clock. We need, like, again, Jimmy can do this. I know that he can. But he's got to be better in situations like that. And this Bengals game is a great opportunity. Look, bottom line here, and I know before I get to that, actually one more point about the offensive line, though, is Tom Compton's got to help out Garoppolo a little bit. Because you mentioned Trey Hendrickson. He is having a great year. I hope he lines up against Trent because so I can feel a little more comfortable. <laughs> he won't. But if he lines up against Compton, I don't like that matchup. So Jimmy's going to need to have a hard time with that. And they got to get their shit sort- sorted out there because... Compton's very iffy. And that's a big thing, right? Dunlap had a day. He feasted on Tom Compton in that game. So the Niners got to make sure that right side gets sealed. I don't know what it is with, with Jalen Moore. I don't know if Shanahan thinks Compton's a better option. I know sometimes they went with a half and half. They start more, then they go to Compton or vice versa. Maybe you go and do that again in this game just to kind of get a better feel because Compton did not look good in that Seattle game. I know he, he, he played well and he held up well against the Rams and the Vikings. But I don't know. Got to see because at this point, it's just not, I don't know. But again, like we talked about in the offseason, boy, would it just be so much better if Aaron Banks could yep. could be active for once and play at right guard and you shift Brunskill over to tackle. I don't think that's a, that's a big problem anymore if that were to happen. You know what I'm saying? If Banks were to come along better, Brunskill naturally plays the tackle. In fact, I think he's a better tackle than a guard. Brunskill, here's the thing I'll say about Brunskill. He's having a much better year at guard this year, and that's because last year he played all three positions, right? He mm-hmm. did not, he was not able to be comfortable. Brunskill has now been able to be comfortable. He's played the same position for 13 games this season, right? 
it's a yep. lot easier for him to get used to his position. So I'll say that. But I personally think, and I know a lot of other Niner fans agree, Brunskill's a lot better at tackle. But well, in a perfect I, I think world, it's because of that that he's staying at right guard because he's played there for all 13 games. He's most comfortable there. Yeah. And Kyle Shanahan doesn't want to break up the chemistry and break off uh, what he's doing right now at right for guard. Sure. But yeah, I understand your point. Yeah, no, for sure. And that makes total sense. Because I do remember Shanahan say that a few times last year that for an offensive lineman, you know, you want to get them used to playing one certain position and not multiple positions, right? So that's mm-hmm. definitely a big one there. But I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens on Sunday. And you mentioned the next five games of the regular season. Look, it's not that hard. Okay, I, I'm serious. I know it's very hard to win in this league, and this this year specifically has been wild. Everyone's beating up on everybody. But all the Niners got to do go three and two in these next five games, and you're in the playoffs. That's basically it. You go nine and eight. That should get you in the playoffs based on head to head and all that other stuff. Conference record. Blah 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 blah. You go three and two. I like our chances at, at making the postseason. Anything better, that's even better. You just can't go below 500. Is that so hard to ask? Like, I feel I feel like well, with this Niners team, like, it's like, I just don't know. I just, this yeah, Bengals game will help us, mm-hmm. right? I feel like this Bengals game will help us because was this Seattle game a, oh, crap, we just took a step backwards? Or was this like, nah, that's just Seattle. That's We're just still playing Seattle. good football, right? This is going to be a good opportunity because three out of our next five games, our teams with winning records, right? Cincinnati, um, Tennessee, and then the Rams week 18. Three teams who are vying for playoff positioning as well. And then you got Atlanta and Houston mixed in there as well. It'll be interesting to see what the Niners do. They're currently sitting at the seven seed at six and six. Washington comes out of literally nowhere. And they, for some reason, they lose Chase Young and they don't know what to lose a football game. The <laughs> Eagles are sitting there at six and seven. Vikings, oh man, the Vikings. They blew a massive opportunity on Sunday. They dropped to five and seven. Panthers, Falcons, Saints also at five and seven. But again, if you lose, you, you're opening up the door for other teams, right? You don't want Carolina to get hot. You don't want the Saints. The Saints have been cold, but I would never count out a Sean Payton-led team. And then we play the Falcons in a week. So we get an opportunity for head-to-head right there. So it'll be interesting. I don't know. I don't know what to make out of this NFC wildcard race. Yeah, it's a tight race. I just want to talk about some breaking news from Schefter that he said that in addition to being in concussion protocol, Eliza Mitchell also underwent an MRI on his knee that came back and showed what Shanahan termed as an irritation. So I think his staff sound great for the Niners and especially Elijah Mitchell. I definitely don't want Anytime I hear knee injury, it, it, it hurts me and it, and it scares me. And I really hope that, you know, they take the proper time to heal it. And my guess is he doesn't play on Sunday. And Jamichael Hasty may be the lead back for the 49ers. But going back to the playoff race, uh, I, it's going to be close. I, as I said, even the Falcons, I know they're not, you know, having a winning record or anything. But they're still in the playoff hunt and in the playoff contention in the NFL. You know, it is so evenly matched, and there could be a 500 team who makes the playoffs. That's why I think the Falcons will also be a, a tough per- team to face, and, and it could also be a trap game because you're going from the Bengals to the Titans on the Thursday. You know, you you don't have much time to prepare for the Titans. You can't forget about that Falcons game. So it, it's going to be tough. You know, going down the line, the Texans game is the only game that I is. In- 
technically have to work four wins on the rest of them. But I don't think it's impossible to work on wins for any of the games that we have remaining. I think we could beat the Bengals. I think we could beat the Falcons. I think we can beat the Titans. They've shown that they're not unbeatable, even though they look very impressive against really good teams. And the Rams, we've already beaten them this year. So I don't think it's impossible that we make the playoffs, but we do have a bit of a tough schedule uh, coming up. Yeah, no, no doubt. No doubt. And we will see what happens here. And the, the way that I look at it is, you know, same, it's very similar to 2019 is then the Niners, which ironically at this point in the year, the Niners were 10 and two at this point. And even then it was like, you got to control your own destiny right to get what you want. I feel like we're in a similar situation right now. If the Niners just take care of business and they go, let's say four and one and just, or they win out, right? That's it. Right, you did enough to get in, and you're going in hot. Take it one game at a time. Let's take care of Cincy. The Niners each and every week control their own destiny at this point. That's the good part about this is if you win, you're helping your odds of getting in the postseason and continuing your season each and every week, right? So we'll see what happens there. I'm, I don't know, man. It's going to be a good game against the Bengals. I'm excited for it, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm excited for the game this weekend against the Bengals and, you know, for football in general. I love every Sundays and, and they're always competitive. And I hope to see a good game between the Niners and the Bengals. I've been very fond of Joe Burrow this season and the Bengals. So I'm excited to see what we can do against them. Definitely. It's it's going to be a good test. And, you know, there also there was a, yeah, I had a thought in my mind that I forgot and now I remember it again. I do want to point this out to a lot of Niner fans as well is I'm not going to lie, this season is not much different than last season in terms of record-wise and how we're playing and all that stuff. We're 6-6. Six and six. Last year at this point, we're 5-7. and seven. It's only a one-game difference. The only difference is we didn't have our superstars. And we've lost some of our stars, right? Debo Samuel's injured. Fred Warner's injured. We've dealt with our share of injuries this year. Having said that, last year at this point, same thing. We were vying for a wild-card spot at this point in the year. But we didn't have Jimmy Garoppolo, and we didn't have George Kittle, and we didn't have Nick Bosa. We got all three right now. That, I think, to me, is the difference between this year and last year. And we'll see if that really matters, right? Because last year, we, we've, we've all said it. If we had those three guys, we would be in the postseason, right? And instead, we, we stumbled to like one and four down the stretch. Now we have our quarterback. We got George Kittle. We got Nick Bosa. Let's go. That's the thing that I'm, I'm looking out this year is because at this point this season, I'm like, we had a chance to make the playoffs last year. We just didn't have our guys. We have our guys right now. And I know Elijah Mitchell won. That one hurts a lot. No question. But I got to be honest with you. I'm, I totally agree with you. Sit him out, man. There's no rush, really. There's no rush. I mean, it's going to hurt because the Bengals run defense is not that good. And this is a great opportunity to run the football. Next man up. Let's go. Jermichael Hasty. Let's roll, baby. Like I'm ready. I'm ready to, to get that going. And let's get IU going in the run game. I saw we ran a jet sweep with Kittle on Sunday. Let's get <laughs> Juice involved with the run game. Let and actually, before we end off, I do actually want to get your take on something. And I know a lot of Niner fans brought yep. this up a lot. So two things. One, Shanahan has has now said to the media and to all of us that the reason why Trey Lance has not come in with the Niners office is because it kind of wrecks his mojo and his rhythm in play calling. I totally get that. Makes a lot of sense. You have two different style quarterbacks. You don't want to mix and match. Totally understand that. However, there are two instances on Sunday. One on a fourth and one and second when you're in the red zone. 
you don't use Trey Lance at all. For me personally, my opinion, obviously I'm not going to go up against Shanahan. Shanahan, is, he knows best. But I do think that why wouldn't you put in Trey Lance in a scenario like that? Like that, that's not going to mess up your play calling because that's just one play. Like we're not doing the whole two quarterback thing. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. Just for one play, for one play, just to pick up a yard. Why wouldn't you throw in Trey Lance? I, I do want to get your take on, on that situation there. Yeah, no, I, I also was wondering the same thing a couple times the last couple of weeks. Just, you know, I, I thought there were situations there they could have used Trey Lance. And I thought, you know, it would have been good for Trey Lance to just get that experience to be out there for a couple plays. And I thought they would have utilized him more throughout the year, given him that small pl- package that they may have to use, you know, here and there, maybe a red zone drive, maybe a short uh, third and short play or a fourth and short play. I thought they would use him more and maybe give they aren't really doing that. And, you know, I, I think it is a bit of Kyle Shanahan wants to focus on with Jimmy G and wants Trey Lance to learn. But I, I think he would learn more if he's in there for a play or so. And I think that's exactly what they drafted him for, for those dynamic situations on those third downs. You know, he gives that different element other than Jimmy G, where if you run uh, an RPO or anything like that, he, he's a guy who can take that ball and run, you know, or hand it off to the running back or pass it. He he has all three. He's a triple threat there. And I really do think they could utilize him more. But if Trey Lance comes out next year and he is a dog and he's dynamite because he was sitting on that bench learning, then we can't say anything. And Kyle Shanahan knows he's thought they would have used him in small packages like we suggested even at the beginning of the year in September and August when it was preseason, we said Trey Lance will be in for a couple packages and Jimmy G will have the ball majority of the time. It's not really been that. It's just been Jimmy G. Yeah, no, and, and that thing, the whole co-quarterback thing, I'm kind of glad we're not doing that because I agree with what Shanahan said. Look, we were 2-4 and four at one point. We were struggling and we were all wondering, not about the team, but Shanahan specifically, we were like, what the hell is wrong with Shanahan? He has clearly identified that as being an issue, even though we haven't seen a ton of Trey Lance. Having said that, there was around that area where he had the game plan for Lance against Arizona and then go back to Jimmy week six, where it wasn't until the Bears game in the second half of that Bears game did we kind of get our mojo back. And then we started seeing Shanahan finally get back to his identity. So I'm not going to get on Shanahan for any of that. He knows best. But I'm just saying for like one play on a fourth and one, you have Trey Lance. Why not use him in that play when you're going to use an RPO for a guy who doing an RPO is not in his repertoire of doing things? So why wouldn't you do it with the guy who, which is in his repertoire? That to me just made no sense. But again, I'm not going to get on Shannon. That fourth one didn't even count anyways. It was a false start. But it is what it is. I, do, I just wanted to mention that because I, I don't know. I, I would like to see a little more Lance. But again, if Shanahan says that that's the reason that's ruining his play calling say less. Like, I don't want to even get into that. But we'll see what happens. Niners-Bengals, late window on Sunday. Should be a good one. Excited to see what the Niners do. This is a big one. They need this one. You definitely don't want to fall below 500 in December. Want to keep ground in the NFC wildcard race and try and get a win there. Chevy, final thoughts? Stop Jamar Chase, establish the run game, and hopefully that will lead to a victory against the tough Bengals. Absolutely. I, I don't know who the hell is going to be st- starting a corner on Sunday, but Norman, <laughs> Lenore, Johnson, I don't know, Jimmy Ward, Hafunga, the whole secondary. 
please, man, <laughs> just for the love of God, like, you know, one thing here, let the D line eat, get to Burrow. So you, so it takes the load off the secondary, but man, let's go boys. I mean, we, we need this one. We need to stop this explosive offense. And of course, faithful, do not forget, vote Debo Samuel, vote Aziz Alshire, vote Fred Warner, vote Trent Williams, all those Niners that have been balling out this year. Vote them to the Pro Bowl. But that'll do it from this week's episode of the 49 Away Podcast. We will see y'all next week. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the 49 Away Podcast. Keep it locked. Stay tuned. We got a lot more Niner content coming your way. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis.